Okay, so there's this new trend. Lots of people are doing their podcasts with a video component so that people can watch them if they want to. And it has been suggested to Eric and I over and over again that we do that. So today, in addition to the audio, there will be a video posted on the 99 Walks YouTube channel. And I gotta say, I don't think it went so well. So I'm anxious to hear your feedback. Meanwhile, I think the lessons and the stories that we share today all around lessons we can learn from bees is actually really interesting and really insightful and a little bit of fun. So if you want to discover more of the lessons that you can learn from bees, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. (laughs) Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. Video podcast. Take one. <laughs> Let's do a video podcast. Whose idea was this? Let's blame it on the bees. Let's blame everything on the bees. Let's blame it on Megan. Megan. No, it wasn't Megan. It was Jessica who thought this was a good idea. Mm. She's lost her mind. Wait till she watches this. Then she'll realize this was <laughs> never do this. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Hi, everyone. Oh, my God. Okay. We're trying to do a video podcast. Video podcast, take one. What are we talking about today? I thought it would be really interesting. Like, it's spring, and it's national or international bee day. It's my bee day? (laughs) (laughs) Happy bee day to me. It's my birthday. Well, Sunday, I thought, was that guy was confused. (laughs) Because I gave you a birthday card. Wasn't that nice of me to give you a birthday card? For Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) So just to be clear, for anybody who's listening, Eric gave me the loveliest card for Mother's Day. It was beautiful, and it was heartfelt, and it was very kind. And you open it up, and he wrote something beautiful inside, (laughs) as he always does. And then the pre-printed part of the card said, Happy birthday. In my defense, it was in the Mother's Day section, and on the front it said, to my wife, and there were not a lot of to my wife choices, and I didn't have my glasses when I bought it, and it was very fancy script. So does that mean that you didn't even know what it said? <laughs> I had a, I had a concept. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was pretty funny. I think it's going to create a new family tradition of sending the wrong cards for every holiday. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see about that. Okay, so anyway, none of this is the point. Has nothing to do with bees or bee day. Bee- <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got here. Okay, bee day. So it got us thinking about all of the lessons that bees teach us, and I think we all have heard that honeybees are. I think we all know what. <laughs> Now what? Honeybee. <laughs> Honeybee. <laughs> we were on vacation and we saw this band. <laughs> and they sang this song called Honeybee. And I love Honeybee. I actually put it on my playlist. <laughs> the, the whole song is Honeybee. Honeybee. I don't know. You don't even know if I'm singing it right. but yeah. We will link Honeybee in the show notes oh, okay. so everybody can experience <laughs> Honeybee by the Cousins? The No, not the Cousins. No, it's the Something Cousins. Something Cousins? I thought so. Okay. Okay. Anyway, 
none of this is at all relevant to what we're talking about. Correct. Bees. Lessons to be learned from bees. Yes. And I think the first one, let's let's go for Captain Obvious lesson, is to work together and be collaborative. Bees are be so... Oh, I see, I see what you're doing there. Yes. Bees are so collaborative. And everyone in the well, hive... You know what bees oh, say. Oh, no. <laughs> bees say, it takes a hive. <laughs> I don't get it. It takes a village. Bees say it takes a hive. Oh, I see. Now yeah. I get it. So they don't say it takes a village. They say it takes a hive. Exactly. So bees are very collaborative. And one of the things that I learned in doing research for this podcast is how well bees communicate with one another. And that's really fascinating. So to be collaborative and to work well together also... What? You said bee collaborative. <laughs> Just struck me as funny. Now I understand the problem. We can't do a podcast where we're looking at each other. No, I like we do when we do our normal audio ones, we face each other, but usually we're just sort of hidden behind the mic. Like I can sort of hide from you. <laughs> so this just might not work. It might not should work. We, should we look at the people? Uh, hi, people. <laughs> Maybe maybe that'll be better. I don't know. Is there any way this is going up on YouTube? 50-50. Okay. <laughs> it's over. Maybe, maybe the outtakes will go up on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Bees are collaborative. And communicative. And communicative. So they express themselves through pheromones, so like that kind of automatic system. I wonder if they can control that. And through movement and dance. I was going to say, don't they dance like they dance to tell you where the good flowers are? It's <laughs> funny about that. I'm just picturing if I wanted to tell you where like something good was. And I had to do a little dance. Like, that would be silly. <laughs> no sillier than this podcast. <laughs> this podcast was not intended to be silly. There are actually lessons to be learned from bees. So, effectively communicate, collaborate towards a common goal. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Next, and I thought this was really interesting. Uh, you know the expression, a busy bee? Yes. And that's because people believe that bees work really hard. And? And they do. They but, do. Okay, but? But they prioritize rest and recovery. So I read somewhere that bees rest about eight hours out of their day. And hmm. there's some research that shows that if they don't rest, they're just not capable of performing or working as hard as they need to or they typically do. So it looks like bees have really kind of zeroed in on this rest and recovery idea, something that I think we all could learn from. So there's sort of two lessons. There's the lesson around hard work, grit, diligence, working, working towards a goal. Yep. And resting enough to be able to accomplish that goal as your best self. 
And I, I think for many of us, certainly for myself and for some of the many people I, I work with and I coach is not exactly the right word, but the people I work with, I feel like we've fallen into a little bit of a trap, many of us, of working medium hard all the time. So I'm watching a show on Netflix. I'm watching the second season of Sweet Tooth. This is what you do when I go to sleep? Yes. And it's funny because there's like a scientist, there's a plague, and there's a scientist trying to discover the cure for the plague, and the evil general who's sort of controlling the scientist keeps like, I don't know, demanding, screaming at him that he just work nonstop. Like the scientist is like, I have to rest. And the general's like, we have to figure this out or we're all going to die. You have to just keep working. And, and I'm sitting there going, well, if he did manage to get some rest, he'd work that much more efficiently. <laughs> so they should learn lessons from bees. So right. So the, And I think it's so interesting to think that what we have taken as human beings, what we've extracted from watching bees is only the lesson of be a busy bee and work really hard. And what is it about us that we have chosen to just focus on that aspect of how they live and grow and build and all the things without appreciating the fact that they also prioritize recovery? Yeah, it goes back to that sort of colonial work ethic that is touted, particularly in our society in America, that you know, work, 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 work is, work, is work, to work, be... Work, 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 work. <laughs> Mel Brooks, if anybody's wondering. Uh, work, 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 work is what is to be lauded as opposed to rest and recovery and efficiency is often perceived as slackerism. Slackerism. Is that Sla the new word? Slackerism. Slackerism. I like it. Yes. I created that word. I need a little more slackerism in my life. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I've been thinking. Be like a bee. Of, over the last couple of years. Like Europeans, they take big vacations. Like the whole month of August. I know. I was once, when I was in college, I visited Europe and I was in Rome in August. And like there was nothing happening. <laughs> when, when I was in college, I took a train ride and went through this beautiful little town in the French Alps called Annecy. And it was so quaint and peaceful and delightful. And I thought, you know, I would love to come back here in the summer. And I went back there in August and literally could not find a hotel room to be found. Like we got there and I walked around and literally, like, I had an emergency credit card that my parents had given me. And I don't know what the dollar amount was, but, like, I went to the most expensive hotel and put down the emergency credit card. I was like, I just need a room. And there was no room because everybody was experiencing their slackerism from the bees in Europe. And now you live in the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> where there's no room. I'm trying to find a room for my mom to stay for our daughter's high school graduation. And once again, no matter is... what credit card you're willing to put down, there's not a room. No, actually, if I was willing to max out an entire credit card, I could get a room. <laughs> All right. So the lesson of bees, the, the more nuanced lesson of the hard work of bees, rest and recover. Work hard, but rest and recover. Yes. Okay.
What else? What's so another lesson? Doing, I've, you're just doing that in the podcast where like you get stuck and you look at me and go, what else? Nope, I got, <laughs> I got one. <laughs> I'm listening. Efficiency and specialization. Oh, I'm listening. So be through specializing. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> through specialization, you can create efficiencies and in working together, uh, achieve a better result. No. No? No. Don't I have to be able to do everything? Jack of all trades, master of none. Is that what you're saying? I think that might be the story of my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're definitely a master of a few things. Name one. Uh, team, leadership, community building. All right. Uh, there's two. Everything else I'm just dabbling in. <laughs> no, seriously, there's there's so much truth to that. And part of that is, is I don't know, suppose a level of acceptance that you're not going to master everything. You're not going to be great at everything. Like, why are we all running around thinking we have to be great at everything? I don't. <laughs> a lot of things I stick at. And you're okay with that? I'm okay with that. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. There, there are things that you're just like, yeah, I'm not good at that. Yeah. Surfing. Suck at surfing. It's fun, but I stink at it. You know, I think about you, uh, actually, here's one for you. Mm -hmm. You are a really good rough carpenter. Correct. Like, if I need some stuff, if we need some stuff framed out, if I'm like, can you put a wall here? You're like, yep, I can tear out what's there and I can put up a wall. But sort of that finish fine carpentry. Yeah, not my jam. Not your jam. And you've actually never expressed any desire to get any better at it. Which is fine. I don't mean that in any critical way. I'm just sort of thinking about something that you're really good at and something related to that that you're not great at and you don't seem to care. When it comes to stuff like that, I've sort of realized I am not a craftsman. Like, I don't have that chip. Remember uh, Paul, the house builder, and like... He, a friend of ours. He uh, built something. I don't remember what it was. A I remember what it was. Nope. A, what was it? Nope. He built a swing for Karen, for a gift for their front porch. And he built this beautiful whole swing, and there was something wrong with it. I don't even remember what it was. But it bugged him so much, he had to redo the entire thing from scratch because he couldn't Using bear, no nails. Yeah, he couldn't bear to live with that thing. That I am not wired that way. <laughs> ah, but he builds beautiful things. Yep. So, you know, again, having that efficiency focus the ability to focus on what you're good at what your job is uh you know that's that's what bees do like the the bees that go out and collect the pollen the bees that make the honey the bees that hang out with the queen bee and do those things <laughs> <laughs> it's a family podcast <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so specialization Okay, how about this one? Build a strong home. So the structure of, of the honeycomb and the structure of the bees' hives, mm -hmm. they're hexagons. Correct. And they are incredibly strong. And if you just stop and like you kind of take a couple of minutes to reflect on the miraculous nature of that, like let's just stop and think about how crazy, miraculous honeycomb and hives are. Like, how do they 
build them like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I heard sort of, I don't remember if it was an, an analogy or something, but uh, there was a speaker talking about how if you take one bee, like he's not going to build anything, he's not going to do anything, nothing's going to happen. You take 10 bees, nope, nothing's going to happen. 100 bees, probably not, but you get like 2,000 bees. And miracles happen. And Right, and they will transform, they'll get a queen, they'll build a hive, they'll make honey, they'll feed honey badgers <laughs> with their honey. I mean, they'll they'll just go and that. They'll pollinate plants. They'll, they'll, they'll build a strong home, exactly. The power of community. Power of community and the power of a, of a strong strong home. That's what they that's what they do. That's what they start with. I've always been fascinated by the um, barn raising idea. Mm. So the barn raising, I, oversimplifying for sure. But as I understand it, communities would come together. You know, Charlie and and Karen need a barn, so the whole community comes and just sort of pops up a barn for them in like a weekend. Yeah. This is like a big Amish thing. Have you ever, have you, are you aware of that? Like that sort of cultural thing? Uh, no, but I know it's a cultural thing. I just didn't know sort of what cultures are, did that and are still doing that. I think, I think it's a Amish thing and they're still doing it, which is amazing. The power of community. What happens when we work together, which, I mean, I suppose in today's day and age, if there was one lesson we could take from bees, it would be that, the power of working together. Absolutely. But we're not done. That was like a perfect ending. I know, right? <laughs> but we're not done. Let me see. What time nope, is it? We got, we got oh, we've got way plenty more, of time. Way more podcasts. Okay. What else you got for bees? Environmental stewardship. Environmental stewardship. Yeah. The bees are stewards of the environment. They are the pollinators. I mean, people, there's sort of a thought that without bees, like humans couldn't exist because they pollinate all the trees and they make apples and oranges and fruits and, and all that stuff. And without bees out there pollinating trees, we wouldn't have all this food and the, then the food that other animals eat. I mean, it's it's just amazing that they take care of the environment for us. So I think the lesson in, in that kind of goes to this idea of how, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to say what's on my head, how we each as individuals and as societies and cultures fit into the larger ecosystem of the world. We we walk through our days so myopic in our own little heads about what we're doing, what we have to do, all the things. And I think it's pretty rare that we as individuals stop to really consider the impact that each of us has on the world at large. And I, I don't, I'm not meaning to suggest that I think that bees, are, each bee is running around going like, Dude, I'm responsible for the world because I'm pollinating. Watch me pollinate. I don't think it's that. But looking objectively at our individual contributions to the larger universe and the larger whole and the larger everything, I think we're better able to look at other things 
and see their contribution or recognize their contribution or talk about their contribution. And for ourselves as individuals, we don't do that. Yeah. I mean, even yesterday, the day before I was looking at our lawn and our lawn's coming in pretty good this year, except there's a lot of clovers in our lawn. And I was like, well, I was looking at the clover flowers thinking bees are going to dig that. So if there are any honeybees, they will be getting some clover pollen for the hive from our lawn. And I was thinking about the environmental impact of that. Okay. So I was stewarding the environment from the in the context of our clover lawn. <laughs> right, but that's not that wasn't sort of wasn't my point. What's your point? Uh, my point was around viewing our own actions through the lens of their larger impact on the world. Okay. That we look at bees and we say these bees are doing so much universal good and we're able to look at the bees through the context of kind of this longer like you just said bees may very well be responsible for humanity because we look at them in the sort of this longer but humans like i don't think we look at ourselves and be like look at the contribution you're making to the universe and sort of the whole fabric of people society culture and the world too yeah. big is that yeah, too big uh, yeah we looked at that and, you know we'd all just go into an existential crisis and get bed and hide under the covers <laughs> at least i would <laughs> well that's sort of my point is we can look at that for bees but you can't look at that for yourself so it's a lesson to be learned from bees so should we try to look at that for ourselves or should we just not of course we should why shouldn't we because well, bees don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. How do you know what bees think? You said bees don't fly around thinking I'm pollinating and making the world better. I think I said I don't think they are. I don't know for sure. I don't think they do. I doubt it. You know why? Because <laughs> they're, they're busy. They have brain the size of a poppy seed. <laughs> they're busy. They're busy working hard and or resting. Resting and recovering. So, do they do that eight hours all at once? Do you know? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. I would love to know that. In my head, when I, I saw that research and that concept, I assumed they did because that's what we do. But I have no idea. Like, do they go fly around for two and, or three hours, come then, back for an hour? That or, would make more sense. Or do they fly around all day? and rent? Well, bees do go back to the hive at night. So I'm sure there's some work to do at night. But that goes to the night bees. So the day bees are probably <laughs> resting all night. So the night shift comes on. Yeah. Possibly. Okay. So, uh, so here's something about bees. Bees are often confused with other animals. And I think the lesson to be learned from bees is be sure you know who you're talking to because little wasps those nasty little yellow jackets, they're not honeybees. Correct. Bumblebees, also not honeybees. Bumblebees are cuter, though. I don't. I think I think uh, honeybees, honeybees are the cutest. You think honeybees? Honeybees are pretty cute. I remember my like fifth grade teacher. We were outside one spring day when I was in fifth grade, and he just like let this honeybee just land on him and walk around his hand and stuff. And I'm like. 
aren't you afraid that you're going to get stung? And he's like, no, he's, he's not interested in stinging me. And if he did, it's not terrible. I don't think honeybee stings are particularly bad. But anyway, he, and I was just like, no way. <laughs> well, so this is, this is a, uh, like a perception problem that bees have. Bees are reviled when you step on one. And typically, you're probably not even stepping on a bee. I know. I saw like a YouTube video of a woman beekeeper who would like just no bee suit, not none of the hood. We're not suggesting the... this. Don't go out and get stung. Yeah, but she would just like walk up to her her hive and collect the honey and the bees are just like flying around and she's like not getting stung. I was like, what is going on with that? And she just didn't care. Oh, I think she what she did was like there was a honey bee hive like in someone's storage shed and she moved the whole hive and like took it back to her apiary. Interesting. Fascinating. Didn't get stung. But my point is not that some bees don't sting and that you shouldn't care about getting stung. Right. Not my point. <clears throat> the point is you should know what bee what what bee you're engaging with. And I, just bees have a little bit of a PR problem. All bees are not the same bees. This is my point. Lesson, we're talking about lessons to be learned from bees. Right. And one of the lessons to be learned from bees is not all bees are the same. Correct. Honeybees need to go out and hire the same PR agency that Kale hired. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because anytime you see a little buzzing thing that has a splash of yellow on it, you think bee, danger, not good, run and hide. I actually look for the difference now between a honeybee and a yellow jacket. Like if I see a yellow jacket, do like yellow, all bets are off. Do yellow jackets pollinate? Do I, yellow jackets have a like a, a real positive environmental impact? Not that I know of. This stands, this deserves a little bit of research because yeah. as I'm talking about this idea that we sort of lump all bees and et cetera, and they've got a identity issue, I don't actually, I know the difference, but. I know honeybees are very good. I don't think I've ever seen anybody like yellow jackets definitely don't have any PR reps because I've never seen anything talking about the value of yellow jackets. Excellent, because I don't really like them. Don't like them. Don't like them at all. <laughs> no, don't like them at all. So, yet another lesson to be learned from bees. How are we doing? Because we promised people 30 minutes that they can walk to. Yeah, we got a couple more minutes. And I guess, the, you know, that just sort of goes back to that interconnectedness of bees with the environment. And I, I think we need to... And this is sort of a tangent of what we were talking about, but realize that we're all in this together. Exactly. Us, the bees, even the yellow jackets, the apples, the trees, the dolphin, the whole the whole world. Well, this is what and I was saying earlier. And is you said, interconnected. Right, but you say this sends you into an existential crisis and makes you want to go to bed. No, there was something else that sent me into it existential crisis but this interconnectedness thing that we thing. <laughs> we are all in this together us the bees 
The dolphins. The owls, even the little field mice. Like, just, it, it all, everything depends on everything else. And what we do affects them, what they do affects us. The fields, the crops we grow, all of that stuff. Is the choices all, we make. It's choices all we make, connected. All, all connected. And I think I, that's probably the most important lesson. And I think that is a big part of the challenge with how we, we live. And it goes back to sort of what I was saying, which is I think we live in these silos without really recognizing that we are all part of the same human hive. Mm, good one. Yes. Yes, we are. And I think, you know, do bees sort of take in their environment? Do they understand where they are? They just sort of focus on their job. I'm just thinking of bee going from flower to flower, collecting the pollen, going back. I well, this goes to what bees think. Who right. knows? Yeah. But, but I think maybe there's sort of almost a reverse lesson that is we can get caught up going from flower to flower, getting the pollen, bring it home, going to sleep, get up the next day, go flower to flower, get the pollen. And I think that the thing that sort of separates us from the, the bees, like because we are different than bees, <laughs> is we do need to take our time and look at the big picture in spite of the risks of existential crises. But appreciate where we are, appreciate our interconnectedness, and appreciate the well, fact that we get to do all these well, things. Well, now, wait a minute. I would say that there is a decent chance that when Kylie the honeybee goes flower to flower, she takes a moment to really appreciate the beauty of the flower. Trying to pick the best flower. That flower is really beautiful. It's going to have some good pollen. No, maybe that's my point is maybe not. See, so you're you're now doing that through the lens of ultimate productivity. Which which flower is going to have the most pollen? Who knows? Maybe Kylie just like takes a moment to appreciate how beautiful the flower is. Like Ferdinand the bull. Kind of. And then Kylie the bee stings Ferdinand. <laughs> Does anybody remember that children's book? I'm off on a tangent. Really? What else is new? <laughs> All right. So lots of lessons from bees. Lessons to be learned from bees in our first ever video podcast. I don't think it went well. Collaboration, teamwork. I think the lessons are good. And hopefully we got those across in, in between our giggles. I think the lessons are great. I think the video piece <laughs> nah, maybe needs some work. All right. Maybe we'll see you on video. Maybe, maybe not. not. <laughs>